You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is a Monday afternoon. It is instant analysis. It is coming to you following the media viewing period at Monday's football practice at the University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide coming off the first of two bye weeks that it will enjoy during the 2019 season. And with that, it is officially Texas A&M week. Alabama out there today working outdoors. If you can't tell, this is the first Alabama football practice outside that is in even 80-ish degree weather since March and April, since spring practice. It is actually comfortable here in Tuscaloosa today. You've got mostly cloudy skies right now, but maybe 80 degrees, 78, 79 degrees. I mean, if you're an Alabama football player, this is like uh, this is like late November to you at this point. But um, Alabama out there in shoulder pads and helmets on a Monday afternoon. Uh, the Crimson Tide, from an injury standpoint, you probably heard from Nick Saban earlier today. Keep up with us there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie Potter, Kirk McNair in attendance at Nick Saban's weekly news conference around lunchtime today. Chris Owens, considered questionable day-to-day, according to Nick Saban, the center, starting center on that offensive line. We were out there today. We saw Chris uh, look like a left knee brace being uh, – applied there or adjusted one way or the other. He was out there with the offensive line today. Didn't look like he was going to be doing a whole lot. And with that, you start paying attention more and more to his participation level as the week moves along. We get into tomorrow and certainly Wednesday, as we've said many times before, usually a big gauge, a big determining sort of day in terms of availability for a game day on Saturday. So we'll see with Chris Owens. We did see Landon Dickerson working at center today. We didn't see any full five offensive line work while we were out there. Uh, We did see Landon Dickerson snapping the football. We did see true freshman Darian Dahlcourt next up snapping the football. Uh, We saw Emil Echior, the redshirt freshman, snapping it. Pierce Quick, the true freshman, also getting some snaps there at the center position. No real surprise. We typically see year in, year out, A lot of those guard center types uh, cross-train, and that was the case today. So it brings about some potentially interesting scenarios. Again, if it is Landon Dickerson uh, at center on Saturday, if Chris Owens can't go, uh, Landon Dickerson at center uh, with uh, Deontay Brown at right guard and perhaps Evan Neal at left guard would make a lot of sense. Uh, But again, we'll see with Chris Owens as the week moves along. Now, The defensive side of the ball, you've got some concerns over there on that defensive line. We saw D.J. Dale with the first group today sporting knee braces on each knee these days uh, with the separate injuries that he sustained since August. Uh, Also had a left elbow brace working today. Uh, D.J. Dale is braced up, man. I mean, he kind of looks, you know, almost like uh, Forrest Gump before he came out of the braces there uh, in the movie. But... Uh, DJ Dale uh, working with that first group on the defensive line. Uh, we saw Byron Young with that second group to go along with Fedarian Mathis there. Uh, that was a little bit different. Um, still have obviously Justin Aboigby in that mix uh, from a depth standpoint. Uh, actually, we saw actually we saw Byron Young with DJ Dale and uh, Raquan Davis today. So that was interesting. 
uh, and then Justin Aboibi with Fedarian Mathis and Christian Barmore, and then you worked into Vita Musica, Stefan Wynn, um, Ishmael Softshur, Braylon Ingram. That's kind of where you're at from a defensive line standpoint. You're going to have all of those. Charlie Potter at practice today, he's going to have that breakdown for you in that practice report coming up as well. Um, you know, from an outside linebacker perspective with Terrell Lewis and Anthony Jennings, both those guys out there with that group, obviously each of their respective health statuses uh, extremely important to this defense, especially with an offense coming up in Texas A&M that I'm sure, like Ole Miss and others, is going to look to use the running back as a weapon in the ground game as well. Um, didn't like Terrell Lewis was doing a whole, whole lot, but uh, you know, kind of managing his situation with that latest knee issue. Uh, the defensive secondary saw a couple of guys. Uh, Josh Job, left hand, looked like it was wrapped up pretty good. Um, but other than that, about what you would expect, Xavier McKinney leading the way with those safeties. Uh, Jared Maiden, Shaheem Carter in that group. Jordan Battle, a top four guy now at that position. Uh, to go along with some other youngsters, uh, DeMarco Hellams, you've seen on special teams, and you'll see him as a backup and a reserve in the nickel and the dime. Uh, so that's kind of where it's at with the defensive backs. Corners the same. So it was a brief media viewing period on Monday. Uh, but that, from an injury perspective, we did see Will Reichard, before you ask me. We did see Will Reichard with the other specialists. They were away from us on a far field. Looked like Will was uh, loosening up that hip flexor. Looked like he was getting it ready. Nick Saban had some comments on the potential availability of Will Reichard earlier today. Uh, from a workload standpoint, what is he capable of handling? You know, I know Nick Saban had concerns about putting too much of that on Will Reichard before this injury. So I got to think that, uh, you know, the likelihood would seem to be you wouldn't see Will Reichard do all three, but uh, it, it's a situation where they're going to give him some opportunities to kick the football today, the first time in a couple weeks. And with an injury like that, you just don't know with a kicker until you kind of go through it. Hip flexors, quads, groins, things like that, uh, they're all kind of to be determined. And then you're wondering, you know, if you can sustain it uh, and not have a flare-up or a reoccurrence, an aggravation of an injury like that. That's the major concern with one of those types of injuries. Anything else before we turn it over to the q and I'm trying to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. I'm sure if I am, though, you'll let me know, right? Wow, CV's checking in from Cairo, Egypt. How about that? CV, you might win the long distance award today on instant analysis. What do you got for me, gang? Q&A? I'm outside today. There's a little basketball going on in Coleman Coliseum. It's about that time of year. <laughs> Rita is uh, connecting Jay Gruden being fired from the Cowboys with Jason Garrett. I mean, Jay Gruden being fired by the Redskins with Jason Garrett maybe going to Washington from Dallas. Uh, and she says Dallas cannot have Nick Saban. I think uh, I think Alabama's safe for right now. I think with Nick Saban. CV, I wouldn't really call it a cold front. It's cooler. I'd call it a cooler front. It is certainly cooler. You know, last week, I think Thursday, the last time we did this, it was the high last Thursday here in Tuscaloosa was a record 101 degrees. It's not 101 today. It's it's a very comfortable 78, 79. Gary, I talked about the practice. Where you been, man? We're in Q&A. 
What do you got for me? <laughs> yep, it is finally football weather. You excited about that uh, 8 o'clock kickoff for Tennessee? A lot of you people wanted a, a nighttime kickoff. Well, here you go, 8 o'clock Central on October the 19th. Tennessee comes to town. You get to see those LED lights for the first time. I saw them after the Ole Miss game. It was dark, and they kind of played with them a little bit. Courtney, we talked about the uh, offensive line a little bit ago. It, on Monday, uh, you don't see as much full line work. That's usually Tuesday, Wednesday-ish. Um, but we did see Landon Dickerson snapping the football. If Chris Owens can't go Saturday as he's questionable with a left knee issue, uh, it would probably make sense. I think Darian Dahlcourt is the future of that position, but if Alabama is looking to get right now what it considers to be its top three players in there together between guard and center, I don't think anybody would be surprised if it was Landon Dickerson at center with Deontay Brown at right guard and Evan Neal at left guard. Yeah, Clay, I appreciate that update. You know, Braves up four to three. Now, is it the Braves? Okay, top of six, so the Braves have the bases loaded. Yeah, I need to go ahead and finish that deal off. You know, as far as what A&M can do to present problems to Alabama, I think offensively uh, it's got to be a career type of day for Kellen Mond in terms of both his legs and his arms. He's got to have his Steven Garcia game, I think, for, for A&M to win this game. And, Physically, in terms of talent, he's capable of doing that. You know, I don't think Jimbo has run him as much uh, in the ground game as, as some of us thought he might, given Jimbo's background. Maybe that shouldn't be a surprise. But in A&M's last game against Arkansas, Mon ran it 14 times. Now, some of those aren't designed runs. You know, one thing that A&M doesn't do all that well is protect him. Uh, so I think, you know, obviously more than a couple of those were induced by the pass rush. But as far as design runs go, I would think uh, it's now or never for A&M, I guess is what I'm saying. Already have a conference loss, a division loss uh, on top of that. So whatever you've got that you can use, if you're Jimbo Fisher, I expect to see it. Ruggs, uh, Henry Ruggs III, you know, we saw him at the end of last week. I didn't see him as much today, but I, I didn't really spend as much time on the wide receivers. Uh, he was trying to do some stuff into last week. It sounds like he's going to be okay. The good news from Nick Saban's news conference today was that in terms of unsolicited uh, mention of the injury report, it was really Chris Owens and that's it. Uh, so that was good news. Now, he did touch on Will Reichert a little bit later when he was asked about him, but uh, – Henry Ruggs III is a tough dude. I would think he's going to be okay. Eddie, it's a good question about the. Uh, it's a good question about the pass rush, and um, I would say it's okay. I would say playmaking in general in the front seven's just been pretty average, which shouldn't come as a surprise given the situation with Dylan Moses out, the youth you have not only at inside linebacker but up front. Um, the concern with this defense is there's not as many areas that you can get it from as there's been in years past. I mean, there's been some Alabama front sevens where each of those seven guys were a problem. You know, you look at this front seven right now and you think Raekwon Davis can give it to you. You think that uh, Jennings can do it. 
Terrell Lewis. And then you got to kind of figure out where the proven guys are going to evolve from. And DJ Dale, you know, went healthy, but, you know, DJ Dale's had some rough luck with the injury so far. Yeah, I agree with that. Hagan, I mean, with freshmen like Shane Lee, it's kind of a Saturday-to-Saturday -Saturday deal, you know. Um, they're, they're doing the best they can with all that youth at inside linebacker. And uh, I think Shane Lee and Christian Harris are doing the best they can. But you can only speed up the growth process so much. In, in doing so, you can, you can help yourself for the – the immediate future in some ways while also stunning yourself uh, when it comes to big picture growth. So it's a very delicate balance right now that Pete Golding and Nick Saban and that defensive staff are dealing with. Do you simplify it to the point where these guys can just play and then in the process you kind of stunt their growth and big picture wise you become easier to attack because you're so simple? Um, you know, I, it's a fine line they're working right now with these young guys. Lisa says she misses Quinn and Williams. I, I think everybody does around here. I think everybody misses Deron Payne, Quinn and Williams, and I think DJ Dale is going to be that kind of guy. And I think he can still be very impactful this year. It's just, you know, can he get to a point where his health is close to 100%? Trip asking, what did you do last weekend? Am I being deposed here, Trip? Will this be held against me in a court of law? Actually, um, I took the bye weekend with the wife and we went up to uh, Lake, the banks of Lake Michigan, Chicago for the weekend. I had to go find fall because fall wasn't coming here. So we went in search of fall. That's what we did this past weekend. We found it too. Yesterday in Chicago, blue sky, 65 degrees, a little light breeze blowing for you there, Lake Michigan. Asking about Landon Dickerson potentially at the center position, does that make Alabama a better offensive line? I don't know. I think, you know, the, the luxury Alabama has now that it didn't have, you know, obviously a couple weeks ago is it gets Deontay Brown in the lineup. So from that perspective, it could. Um, comfort is a big thing, man. And if Landon Dickerson is comfortable at center, you know, then you can be okay. Maybe you end up being better. Uh, but, you know, the continuity thing is, is something to consider there too. You know, you'd had a stretch here where you'd had the same guys working together. You had seen, I think, some gradual improvement up front. Nick Saban said today that um, he likes the pass protection that he's seen. I think uh, wants to see more of a, of a strong finish in the run game. I think that's two parts. That's the guys up front, that's the backs. I think that's been improving. Uh, maybe not in leaps and bounds, but certainly since the South Carolina game, it's been better. Hagen already wants a prediction for LSU. We gotta get through October, Hagen. We gotta get through October, man. I think, here's what I will say. I haven't seen anybody else, and I haven't watched LSU intensely, obviously, but I, I know LSU. I know what LSU's about personnel-wise very dynamic, kind of like Alabama uh, at the wide receiver. Now, Terrence Marshall Jr. with that foot injury, LSU's very good at wide receiver. LSU doesn't have four like Alabama's got four. 
So getting Terrace Marshall Jr. back from that foot injury, which he required surgery. So I know Coach O is talking about later parts of the season. Well, is that going to be November the 9th? I don't know. Um, Justin Jefferson, you still got Jamar Chase. Burrow is outstanding this year with those guys. Um, I, that being said, I still haven't seen anyone yet that I think wants to get into a shootout with this offense. So I would still like Alabama's chances against LSU if they played tomorrow now with injuries being what they are. And it's not just Marshall for LSU. Divinity, the linebacker, is out. Um, you know, it's not just Alabama that has issues with injuries. It's, uh, it's more places than you might think. You know, Florida's dealing with some injuries right now. Auburn's got a quarterback situation. Once you make Auburn one-dimensional, not a great passing football team right now. Oh, Tripp's wanting a rushing total for Alabama this week. Kind of depends on how many times they run the football. You know, in SEC, two SEC games, Alabama's top two backs have 34 carries in two games. Najee Harris, Brian Robinson combined 34 carries against South Carolina and Ole Miss. So, you know, they're averaging, gosh, I want to say around six yards per carry in those two games. So, I'll guess – I'll guess 135 rushing yards because I don't really know how many times they're going to run it. Now, you know, throwing it, and that's where it could be another 400-yard day. And it's kind of gotten to the point where we're almost desensitized to these 400-yard, five-touchdown games, not just with Tua, but, I mean, you know, when LSU's doing it, it kind of tells you how prevalent those type of performances are. Janine, I haven't really come up with a score yet. It's Monday. Um, I don't know. I haven't, you know, I think, what's the spread? 18? Alabama by 18? I thought that was a little low, but I'm not going to get tricked into that because I've talked about it a lot in the first month and a half of the season is that with the situation on defense being what it is, you know, Alabama can be up 30 in some of these games and end up winning by 17 because of the uh, – the uh, backdoor covers and scores there. I think 18 is about right, though. <laughs> Jimmy getting that Ben Davis question in. You know, we talked about Ben a little bit late last week. It was good to see him out there against Ole Miss. He was, you know, he was in the mix. He was a, a factor in the two deep at outside linebacker. And, you know, if Terrell Lewis is going to continue to be more of a uh, – more of a uh, situational guy because of his health – you know, that brings Ben Davis more into the mix. Maybe even Drez Parks, guys like that. Also on special teams. Dee's asking about LeBron Ray. Um, I'm going to get to Jason in just a minute on that question. Um, we haven't seen LeBron out there, you know, and, and given the, the nature of that setback with that foot, uh, it's kind of like Terrace Marshall Jr. I was just talking about for LSU. I I would think it would be a little while. Um, I think it was Jason asking about asking about Christian Harris potentially at the MAC. Um, I would think that's a possibility, but we don't really see it when we're out there. I mean, what we see is the MAC. You know, obviously in the dime, that's that's a middle linebacker type, and um, you know, you're you're doing some of that because you still have to be somewhat respectful of the potential for run. 
Um, obviously, you're in the dime because you think someone's going to throw the football, but if somebody gets you with five guys in the box and then runs it right at you, you can be at a pretty big deficit. Christian Harris, though, is 244 pounds, so this isn't C.J. Mosley as a true freshman in there at 210 or so. Uh, but what we see, what we see is when it's not Shane Lee, uh, it's either been Markel Benton, who we saw Benton out there today with the inside linebackers. He's been dealing with that hamstring. He had the strap on, that left hamstring strap. Um, but we've seen Jalen Moody in that mix. Um, so it's been more of the, the other middle linebacker candidates more so than the weak side guys. Although they're interchangeable, a lot of that too. What do we got? Anything else? What are the Braves doing? I need one more update before I get out of here. Help a brother out. Well, all right. I guess I'm not getting any help. Well, look, we're going to do this again. Chris Martin asking about Jerez Parks. We talked about Jerez just a little bit a minute ago. Right now, it's still, you know, kind of a, a, a fifth or sixth guy in that rotation at outside linebacker. Trip coming through with that four to three. Scott following it up. I guess we didn't cash in with those bases loaded, huh? There you go. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We're going to do this again on Wednesday. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Um, we're going to do this again on Wednesday after the media viewing periods. Uh, Charlie Potter, again, has got your practice report. A lot of reaction to the uh, Nick Saban press conference today. I... Uh, I got a what Saban said, what we think it means. It's up right now at the website. Kirk McNair's going to have plenty of content for you as well. Thanks a lot, guys. This will upload at the Built by Bama online podcast. As you know, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Maybe leave us a review while you're there. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, and again, until Wednesday, have a great rest of your Monday and Tuesday. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.